Welcome to the podcast of Scott Street MB Church. We hope you find this message inspiring and encouraging in your walk as a disciple of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who had slept outside all night. Some, one of the many street people that we have here in, uh, in St. Catharines. And somehow they, they came to Scott Street. So I welcomed them, we welcomed them. And, and uh, they came in and we gave them a little bit of coffee and... Thank you to those of you who put some food in the, the bin for Salvation Army. We went around the Salvation Army and gave it directly to these folks who needed food and needed care. On the bottom of the bulletin it reads, The Scott Street elders are working on policies and procedures to ensure that everyone is safe and welcome at Scott Street Church. We want you to feel secure and at home while we worship, study, and serve Christ. We want everyone to feel like they're in the family, they're part of the family, and to feel safe. And we're, we're working on policies, the elders, so that everyone is welcome. Is a street person welcome at our church? Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Everyone is welcome. Saints and sinners. And uh, those who need coffee and, and those who need prayer. So please pray for our elders and for each of us. Let us be God's example of, of the family of Christ who welcome everyone into into the family of Christ, into the church. It's a blessing to open God's word to you again this morning. We're continuing our study called striving. Striving, struggling to be God's people, to set your sights on something, to have a purpose and pursue it. We are a people who are striving to be the hands and feet of God. And even this question this morning about how do we take care of our community. When I moved to St. Catharines, people said, oh, it's a beautiful, quiet, little, sleepy town. All that ever happens is they pick grapes. They have a grape festival. Well, it seems that the city has found St. Catharines, and we have, I know our mayor is concerned that we have a compassionate city, and so are we, aren't we? We want a compassionate city. Now, Sarah and I have met many children along our journey of life, and, um, and in Kenya we met many children who were uh, orphaned uh, by the AIDS epidemic. There is Auntie and Joseph, our godsons. We love them. Um, mothers who were dying of AIDS uh, during the, the height of the AIDS epidemic would leave their children on the road near a hospital or, or near an intersection, hoping that someone would pick up the child, uh, this helpless infant, this newborn baby, either take them to the hospital or better still take them home. And those two beautiful boys were abandoned. Can you imagine? Um, by their mothers, they, they were born HIV positive and... and uh, and Sarah and I have loved those little boys uh, their whole lives. They're no longer little boys. They're big boys. Thank you, Lord. But can you imagine what it would be like? Say a child could survive on their own. No mother, no father, no brothers, no sisters, no friends, no companions. Imagine that somehow the baby survived on its own, which is impossible. Would it be a human? That's my question. Would it know how to be a human? If it didn't have anyone around it, no one bringing it up. I believe what you really need to be a person, to be a human being, you need parents to love you and instruct you. You need siblings to play with, someone to, to learn to grow up with. You need friends to show you what it means to be loved. Just so you know, that, that's me up there with the boys. I was really young. I was really young. I had some facial hair too. 
You need parents, you need siblings, you need friends. There's an African proverb, it takes a village to raise a child. You need a family, a village to show you the way, to form you, to make you who you are. Our beautiful kids today, man, and we love our kids. I got a little card today, thank you. Thank you for the cards, thank you for the little hearts. Your pastor loves you. It takes a village to raise a child, and I believe you need to add to that, it also takes a church. It takes all of us to raise our kids. Our children are our children. Yes, they're yours. Tim, your beautiful girls are yours, but they're mine too. And I take a fair responsibility for them, praying for them and, and getting to know them and care for them. We're born spiritually when we receive Jesus Christ, and then we need a church family to help us grow. We need a spiritual family full of mothers and fathers who mentor us and take care of us and grow us up in the faith. We need spiritual friends who will help us grow. If we think we can do it on our own, if we can just um, reject the church, yes, I believe in God, but I don't believe in the church, you can't. You can't separate the two. You will not grow strong and resilient unless you have a family around you the family of God to help you grow. Ephesians 2.19 says you are no longer foreigners or strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. We were formed to be God's family. The Bible is a story of God building a family. This is God's family. Look to your right. Can you see the person beside you? They're looking right. Look to your left. Do you see these people? This is God's family. God created these people to be in your family. Oikeos, the Greek word for family. Family, body, belonging to God's house. When we're placed in the family of God, when we, when we become believers, something happens. Firstly, it's legal. We're forgiven. When you become a Christian, one, you're forgiven. Two, it's sort of an intellectual thing. We understand, we believe that we belong to God. And number three, you become a part of God's family. Legal, intellectual, and relational. Relational. We're forgiven, we understand and we know, and we become a part of God's family. God becomes our father, we are his children, other believers are our brothers and sisters. Our church is a spiritual family. To all who did not receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. That's us, children born not of natural descent, but, or, or of human decision, or of a husband's will, but born of God. John 1.12. We are born of God. We were abandoned. We were orphans. And now we've been given a family. What a gift. What a gift. I remember when Sarah and I first moved to Africa. It was incredible. Here was Sarah and me. We were young. I was, look at that young, skinny little thing, Sarah. That's Reverend Dr. Julius Karanje Kimani, my beloved, beloved brother, and Muthoni, his wife, in front of a little church plant in East Africa. We didn't understand the culture. We, we didn't know what kind of food to eat. We, we, we didn't know how to speak 
Yet we were loved. Let's just show those pictures. Just keep flashing through some pictures of our, our life in Kenya. There we were. The, the little boy behind me was called Budget because he was born on the budget day. The government uh, released the budget and he was born that day. So that's Budget and his family. You can see Sarah and I next to him. These families welcomed us. There I am in the desert. Uh, way up in the desert, and people welcomed us and loved us. Let's keep going, just keep flashing. That's Sunday school. You can see that's at Karyobangi South in Nairobi where Sarah and I worshipped in Kikuyu and Swahili and English, and those are some of the kids. They look just like our kids. And here we are we, on a choir day. We were having competing choirs, and all the kids keep going. They're all dressed up, and they dance and sing just like here. Well, not really. We don't do, but you guys would look good and keep going. There's a couple more. Look at church. When Sarah and I, I would go and I would speak and the, the people were just hanging in the windows. It was so busy. Hundreds and thousands of people coming to church. And, uh, and so they gave us real names. My name is Rob. That's not a name. That's something that robbers do. <clears throat> and uh, the Kikuyu people that I worked with have no R. So they couldn't call me Rob. No, they would say lob if they tried to speak English, lob, which is something you do in tennis. So you lob the ball. Um, they gave me a name, Macharya. They gave Sarah a beautiful name, Wangeshi, and that means God's, one of God's daughters. They loved Wangeshi and I and treated us as their own. Uh, if any of you want to go to Africa, let me hook you up. With you will, they will feed you and drive you around and treat you like family. Because that's what the body of Christ is like. You can go anywhere around the world and people will take care of you. Bring your relatives. When, um, when you bring your friends and relatives here, uh, they become part of our family. Let us love them. Bring, bring your, your family and friends. I bring dad to church. I don't even think about it. I drag him everywhere I go and I love him. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you were baptized into Christ and have been clothed with Christ. Galatians 3.26. It's amazing. As Christians, we have this huge global family. And we are a part of this global family. Our relationship with God changes everything. We have this new identity. I think it's amazing when I think that, that I say I love Jesus and I love to serve him. What's even more important, as I, look, as I look at the communion table this morning, you know what that says to me? That's Jesus saying, I love Rob. I love you. I love Phil. Sarah. That's his body and his blood. That's the way he says, I love you. I gave my life for you. Isn't that incredible? It's wonderful that I love Jesus, but it's even more miraculous that he loves me. I mean, I know my, I know my sins and shortcomings, but yet he loves me. And I remember his life, his death, and his resurrection every month. Uh, as, as, and another miracle is that we can come to God uh, as we pray, as we worship today. We don't, have to, we don't have to pay a price to come in other than to carry his cross. He says, come to me, call me Abba, Father. In ancient cultures, no one, not even the queen, could come into the presence of the king without permission on the penalty of death. Yet we come into the presence of the king and we say, Father, Abba. And he says, welcome, my child. You know, it's, it's beautiful. Our human frailties 
Our human frailties make us think that maybe he doesn't love us and he doesn't need us, but he does, and we're all important. Our human families pass away, but the family of God never does. No one and nothing can ever separate us from the love of God. Amen? Nothing can separate us from God and from our love for one another. So I don't know, there's nothing you can do that can stop my love for you. Um, now, a family means this is God's family. We are God's family. And it means more than just parents and children. It means uh, in every culture there are brothers and sisters, uncles and aunts, cousins, grandparents, nieces and nephews. And, and many of you, you can look around and you can see your family members. You can see your, your aunts and your uncles. Think of the Schombachers. Naya was working with me this, this summer and she seemed she was everyone she would meet was related to her. Uh, it was lovely. It was lovely. So we have a world, a church family, that we are related to. It's a whole world of brothers and sisters, aunts and uncles, cousins and nephews. Your children are, are my children. But sometimes it's not easy to handle. Um, sometimes we have siblings that we don't get along with. Um, Interestingly, you can't choose your family. If you, if you, if you leave a church because you think that you don't like these people, trust me, whatever church you go to, those same people are there. You've got to learn to live with your family. Amen? Amen. And I love our family, and we love one another. But sometimes there's those people with rough edges. Are there any of them here? Yeah, sometimes that's me. Sometimes... There are people who are a little bit more eccentric. They say or do things that we wouldn't say or do. Do we have to love them and care for them? Yes, we do. Our family comes in all shapes and sizes and colors and languages. This is our family. Welcome to the family. The wonder and the miracle of this family is that God is shaping us and honing us and making us fit. He gives us all gifts so that we will fit into the family. Our family here, how many languages do we speak? We've got many Spanish speakers and English speakers, German and Plotich. We've got Russian and Ukrainian, French and Creole. We've got even Swahili speakers here. Language doesn't divide us, does it? It doesn't. Does gender divide us? Gender doesn't divide us. Does wealth divide us? Do we have poor people in our family? Those in who have needs? Yes, we do. Do we have wealthy people who give generously? Yes, we do. Do we have little people who are busy coloring the cross? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. What an incredible family. The wonder of God's spirit is that he, he works in all of us. If we let him, he will work on those unattractive qualities in us, those rough edges, make us a little bit more lovable. He wants to change us and make us better. So when those folks come in this morning, when those four people came in with all their bags, Scripture would tell me that Jesus said, when I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. When I was in prison, you visited me. Jesus visited us this morning before service. And we gave him a cup of coffee. And we sent them on their way with a blessing and a prayer.
Some people would say, just, well, hold it there. The church, the church isn't a family. The church is a building. Everybody knows that. Um, and sometimes we even start thinking that way. We define Scott Street Church as, 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 as a structure. But we are a church, but we are not defined as a building. Interestingly, in Scripture, uh, Paul talks about people as a building. Ephesians 2.19, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ himself joining as the chief cornerstone. Who's the cornerstone of the building of Scott Street MB Church? Who is our cornerstone? Jesus Christ. He's the cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together. We are the building. Joined together and rises to become a what? A holy temple. Think of yourself. Sit up straight, church. You're a holy temple. Isn't that a beautiful thought? You are the temple of God. Wow. A family. A temple. A whole building not made of bricks but made of you. And me. We are God's church. And every one of you is important. Uh, we were walking around the building the other day and we saw that a brick was broken. Top corner over there. Willie noticed it. One brick needs repair. Out of this whole building, we're looking, seeing how the building is doing. And the same thing, we are looking at you. And we, we know that there are some of you who have needs. Even one brick out of place, we notice. We notice. Call one another. When you see... When you see an empty pew. Someone always sits there, but they're not there this, this Sunday. Call them. Every brick is important in the building. We can't say, oh, that brick's not important, or that stair. We don't need that one. We need every brick. The whole building is important. The Bible has wonderful pictures of the, of the family of God. We're a building. We're a body. We're a growing tree. Paul loves this imagery, Ephesians 4. Instead, speaking the truth in love, Paul says, we will grow to become in every respect a mature body of him who is the head. That is Jesus Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love. How do you grow the church? You build it up with love. Amen? How do you love one another? You want, our, you want our church to grow? You are the fertilizer. And what is the fertilizer? It is, it is the love of God for one another. We are to grow and to build ourselves up with love as each part does its work. We are the body and each of us have a part. We are the church, each part is important. God works in each and every life differently. And he gives us something to contribute to the body of Christ. Uh, these are called spiritual gifts. And we're going to be looking at the data. We all did the spiritual gifts analysis. If you didn't get a chance to do it, I'll give you a copy. And, uh, but we had a great response to the spiritual gifts analysis. Dave, do we have that, uh, that on screen? I know it's hard to see. I just wanted you to see some initial analysis. This is our... This is what our church family looks like from all of your answers to all of those questions. We are strongest. The character. Every church has a character. Do you know what our church looks like? Number one, faith. Number two, serving. Number three, giving. Faith, 
serving, giving. That's what you said you are like and the church is like. Followed by administration and pastor shepherd. These are the gifts of this incredible family. What does this family look like? Faith, serving, and giving. Incredible. And then administration and pastoring. You are people who are good at planning and doing and making things happen. I think about Wednesday lunches. Every, I don't know how many people, we had borscht and twisted and, and rollkuchen. It's kind of like Tim Hortons with a twist. And it's not sugary, you dip it in your borscht. Well, when you say borscht, people come to lunch. How many people did we feed this week? Where's, where's Pastor Paul? Is he? Oh, he's getting, we have lunch afterwards too. We get to eat as a family afterwards. We have our, our church family meal, our potluck. So, dear family, I love being a part of a family that, that is number one characteristic is faith, serving, giving, administration, pastor, shepherd, mercy, discernment, and teaching. These, you said, are your spiritual gifts. What do you love? How do you, how do you love to serve the God of family, the, the family of God? Do you love to pray, to teach, to sing, to wash dishes? to encourage, to clean and organize, to visit those in need, to decorate, to do sound or PowerPoint, to welcome people, to write, to give financially. God is the one who gives these talents, these gifts, and they are to be used in the family of God as we grow the church in love. Thank you for being the family of God and for contributing as you do. Now the body should have no missing parts. And we are a body that has missing parts. We are a family who is missing some members. As we gather as God's family, Jesus challenges us to see ourselves as a family who, who needs to grow. So who are the missing parts? Well, there are those who should be here, who could be here, but we didn't invite them. There are those who used to attend but have drifted away and, and no one called them. And if someone would call and say, hey, I miss you, they might come back. There are relatives, our neighbors, our co-workers, and our friends who need Christ. And they're a brick that hasn't found their home yet. And we always have room for new bricks. Amen? We always have a place to welcome people into this church, this family of God. As a church, we are committed to the great commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Such a great scripture, Matthew 22. A great commandment. And we as a family of God, that's our foundation. And we are also committed to the great commission, Matthew 28, that says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. These are the foundations of our family. We are a family that loves God and others. Dear church family, we are so blessed to be a part of this, this plan of God to reach the world. His plan, the church. His plan, the family of God. His plan, you and me. Let's not let a day go by without us thanking God for his love and for choosing us too. Thanking God for the church family 
And three, thanking one another for your love and care. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have created the church and that you have welcomed us and called us to be a part of it. And we are honored to be your church. Help us, Father, to follow your commandments, to love you with all our heart, soul, and strength, and then to love our neighbors like ourselves. And then, Father, give us strength, wisdom, and discernment that we would go and make disciples as you have called us, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit. Bless us now as we approach your table, as we celebrate your body and your blood and your life, your choosing us. For we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Scott Street Church.